what up my lt listeners this is me your girl tia lachez on another let's talk i have a special guest with me i'm so excited for this special guest to be with me at this moment i'm so excited he is cheesing hard yay, yay. his name is aaron well his name is aaron in the country way that you say aaron in the new york way so they call him big a he just got a lot of nicknames so i'm super excited for aaron to be on here what's up what's up and we're going to talk about exes that's what he wanted to talk about, so let's get into it. So, Aaron, how you been? I'm cool. Everything's cool. You cool? <laughs> you cool? So, what's going good in your life right now? Um, life is life, you know. I woke up this morning, I'm breathing, so it don't get no better than that. Okay. Uh, any good qualities in the future that's going on right now? Um, a lot of businesses. Um, look up um, Bad Cake. Um, that's something that I got going on. Um customizing t-shirts and hoodies and whatever you want to put your brand on i'm customizing anybody's brand awesome those of you that know that i've been posting a lot of bad cake stuff that is him that is his brand i'm one of his models he called me one day was like hey tia chess what you call me t t he said hey t can you model this brand for me i've been knowing aaron for a while for over 10 years now and um, Aaron has certainly been traveling the world. I'm so excited for him. And I told him before he left that you have to at least try. If you don't try, then you will never see any failures that you need to work on. Because failure is always good because you are able to start all over again and reestablish. So I'm super excited for him to come out of Cali with this exclusive brand that he has. And I'm so excited to add more value to his brand as he also added more value to me. So I'm super, super excited about that. So you guys definitely check him out on Bad Cake. And also, if you need anything for your brand to be printed out, this is the guy that you need to talk to. What's up, Slay? Tell him I sent you. So let's get right into it because I'm nosy. I want to know what's going on in this man's brain, ladies. In this man's brain, you want to talk about exes. Why exes just can't be exes and you just move on? Why is this is such an important topic to talk about? Well, I just wanna, I just wanted to hear what you had to say about it, really. Why everybody do that to me? I don't know. I kind of wanted to hear what you wanted to say. Why about. everybody want my opinion? Like I'm some dang on preacher. I just wanted you to ask me some questions so I can, <laughs> so I can give my little my little I mean, feedback. I just asked a question, but you didn't answer it. What's the question? Why you want to talk about exes? Um, honestly, that's just what was on my mind right now. Mm, exes. Yeah. So you thinking about an ex? Some yeah. Okay, what ex is that? Some of them stay around and some of them don't. I wonder why that is. They not supposed to all stay around here. Right. So what's I mean, what are you trying to figure out? What are you trying to filter out? Um Good question, huh? That's a that's a great question. <laughs> um Honestly, just that topic in general. That was just the first topic that came to my head, exes. Okay, so we're going to focus on it. So are you the type of man where you filter out of, hey, I want a particular woman to be a certain kind of ex? Um, All exes are different. Um, Some exes try to stick around. Okay, I'm getting something out of you. And some exes don't need to be around. Okay. But those exes that don't need to be around, those are your lessons. Exactly. Mm-hmm. 
So give us a little bit of your business. What happened from your exes that you don't like at this moment? Um, like you said, it was a lot of learning experiences. Um, from from good and bad though. Okay, elaborate. Good, good learning experiences and bad learning experiences. Um, on the good side, they definitely show you what you do want. As far as a man a, perspective, and a person from my perspective. From your perspective. Yeah, I can't speak on all men because all men. Are from different. a men's perspective. From my. Because we we can't read from y'all minds, as y'all would say, y'all simple creatures. Yeah, but. That really ain't that simple. Yeah, not exactly. Not, not exactly. At all. Come on, come, come through with the scoop. Not at all. <laughs> um, you got comfortable too. Okay, tell me more. Um, you can you can definitely you can definitely learn like on the good side. Uh-huh. Um. Like I say, you learn what you want in a person, what you want, what you don't want in a person, what you're willing to accept, and what's a deal breaker, mm. you know, in the future. That's what women too, you know that, right? Right. That's a lot of people. That mm-hmm. should be that should be a general statement. So why is it that a deal breaker is like something that you're not going to deal with, but depending on the person, they're willing to change a deal breaker so that they can satisfy that person that they are with. That makes sense. You might have to run it by me one more time. <laughs> that, was, that was a deep one. What, say one so, more time. you have deal breakers, right? Uh-huh. And sometimes people would deal with your... Well, for instance, the smoking. Let's right. keep it real. Right. You're changing the smoking to satisfy somebody. Deal breaker. Like, I'm not messing with him because he smokes. Right. But you're willing to adjust your smoking so that you try not to smoke as much mm-hmm. so that you can be with that person i mean even in relationships period like it's gonna be some give and take you know sometimes you have to you have to bend and you have to maneuver around the new person Mm. you know because everybody's different yes you know always be yourself but everybody's different you know so but why should she change you because you smoke but you're a smoker that's a habit well, it all depends on how much you really like this person. Oh. You know? if You can like them, but it's love, too, and it's commitment, too. Right, right. But you got to get to the love. Oh, okay. You got to get to the love. Okay, so when you get to the love, but you're still smoking, then what? I don't know. That's up to, the, that's up to, that, to that woman if it's really a deal breaker or not. Okay, because so... If you get to the love part and that person's still smoking uh-huh. and... They know that you don't like to smoke. Uh-huh. Then it's basically, do I want to put up with that, mm-hmm. or do I not want to put up with it? Is that, is that all it takes to leave that person alone, or is it not that serious? Mm-hmm. Just questions you got to ask yourself. Right, because you think I didn't answer that, because I can't answer that. It's rhetorical. Th- that part too. And it's up to that um, special woman. Right. Right. Mm. And that particular person, that's your ex? Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's definitely my ex. That's that's another reason why I wanted to talk about exes. Definitely my ex. <laughs> um, she stuck around. She's a good friend. You know. Oh, is she? Yeah, she's a good friend. She's, ah. been, she's been around for a long time. Can you give us a number? What's a long time? Um, ten plus years. Ooh, and why y'all didn't make it? Well, you know, um, ten years ago, I was a kid. Of course, you were. You know, 
and she was a kid, you know. So. That's that how point, young you is, Aaron. Okay, I see you. At that point, we wasn't really <laughs> you crazy. At that point, we wasn't really in a position mm-hmm. to know what we wanted out of life. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you got to go go through things so that you can grow and realize what you really want out of life and from another person, you know. And then. 10 years later, after you've been through a couple of things and you saw things and you picked and chose what you like, what you don't like, and you and that person still friends, it kind of puts it on a, on a, on a deeper level because now you can relate in a different way. Like now you have a, uh, not only a story to tell from your past, but you actually know what you want, you know. So why could she just be your friend? Why you taking out the friend zone? Um, that's actually up to her. Actually, that's <laughs> that's a complicated situation too, because she actually she actually just getting over a relationship herself. Oh, so that's so a, all her business, huh? Yeah, it's a. <laughs> I, I won't say her name. I definitely won't say her name, but she definitely getting over. A relationship, and but you can give her time to heal, sir. Well, you know, I don't, I can't really put a time frame on anybody's healing process. How long are you willing to wait? Um, like I said, we've been friends for ten plus years. So if we're friends for another ten years, I'd wow. be cool with that. That's amazing. It sounds like you want love. Yeah, I, I definitely love her though. <laughs> to be honest. You know, just to be honest, I mean that's that's never changed. That's deep. Yeah, that's that's never changed. I never heard a man say that. That they love a woman. No, it's just how you elaborate, because they said when men start to express, that seemed to be a little bit soft. Like even. You heard my New York voice. I was soft. Hella soft. <laughs> <laughs> I hate soft, son. Nah, um, like it's a different it's a different type of love. Like when you, when you've known someone for, like I say, ten plus years. That friendship, love, and being in love, and loving people because you gotta love everybody, you know. Right. Just be no clear. matter what they do. You know, you gotta love anybody. But I ain't dealing with you. Everybody, you know. <laughs> but, um, things definitely. Things definitely. Let me. I'm trying to. I'm trying to choose my words correctly. <laughs> I'm trying to make sure I say the right thing. Um, you want me to ask you another question? Cause you look like you stuck on something. Cause yeah. you are you thinking about her right now? Uh, of course. Oh, okay. Because that's what we're talking about. Oh. We're talking about her. Okay. And I don't. It's. I don't think it's soft to talk about love being a guy. Now, when I was a kid, of course, you know, I'm like, oh, bro, I'm not about to, you know, I'm not about to talk about no love stuff. That's crazy. I'm not about to do all that stuff. That's crazy. But, like, as a man, like, growing up, coming from a boy to a man, learning experiences, um, you only get one shot at life. Mm. But, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to not say what you feel. Because you can lose out on a lot. You can miss a lot by not saying how you really feel. Right. That was good. Huh. 
<laughs> Ladies, he is elaborating. This is so good. So you telling me that a man is capable of expressing his love. Sometimes people can't express verbally, but they could show um, with gifts and just basically showing you. I, I don't know the list on top of my head, but they can elaborate speaking. So what is your love language? What's your five love languages? I, I don't know them specifically. But I have heard of like the five love languages. I'm not deep. I'm not deep in. Yeah, Versed in the love languages, like I would say, one of the love languages that I like is whatever having to do with um, being open and honest in communication. Mhm. Communicate love. What about gifts? I like gifts. I like compliments. Well, everybody likes gifts. You know, <laughs> everybody likes compliments. You know? Do you? Of course. Okay. Okay, it's getting quiet up in here. You okay? Yeah, no, I'm waiting for the next question. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was a short answer. I that was short answer. Yeah. So, if you was in front of your loved one right now, the person that you're talking about that you're desiring to be with in the future, what is uh, some things that you could or wish you would tell her? Um. I would tell her in her situation. Why got to be the situation? Tell her as if well, she's not in the situation anymore. Because when you keep bringing up the situation, how can she ever get over it? I mean, well, it's it's going on. Like it's 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 in it's in my face and it's in her face. It's like the elephant in the room, basically. Mm-hmm. You know, and the reason why I say from her from her point of view or whatever the case. Um, it get a little technical. Like I would, I would want her to keep it one hundred percent honest with everybody in the situation, so that it don't, so that so that there's no leading on or like or shortness of love. You mm-hmm. know, don't don't leave me. So on you're with so the you're in one hundred percent. Well, like I said, we've been friends for more than ten years. So, you know, it, it got to be some love there. Like, as, as a kid, you don't really know what love is. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to grow to learn what love is and how you want to be loved. Like you said, they got different love languages out here. Mm-hmm. So you got to learn how you want to be loved. Mm-hmm. And all women are different. They you are. know, so you, you But can't, you're chasing after you, this one. You can't love every woman the same. But you're chasing after this one, 10-year one. Right. She's a hell of a girl too. Like I girl or woman? It's a woman. <laughs> she's definitely I tried you. She's definitely a woman. Mm-hmm. You know. You really do like her, don't you, Eric? Yeah, I respect her as a woman too. Okay. Do you think that something good is gonna happen between you and her? Um She got she got chapters in her book that she gotta get through first. Are you willing to wait? Can't wait forever, mm. you know. Well, like I say, we'll can't we'll, blame her though. We'll still be friends. No, I don't blame. Her. We'll we'll still be friends though, you know. So this sound like this is not a bad ex. Did y'all used to date? Uh, yeah. So this sound yeah. like this is not a bad ex. This is an ex that you were just trying to re- regroup. Well, I wouldn't even say regroup. She's always been around. Mm. But we've always had that friendship. 
I got friends with benefits or friendship. Well, sometimes benefits. Ooh. Depending on relationship status. Mm. You know, but. Stop playing with her, Aaron. Just go, just get her. I wish. Can you take care of her? Give or take. Why? Why would that mean? Elaborate. Um. Um. Confident man. As far as. Maybe with a confident woman. As far as financially or mentally or physically. Why are you not confident? Or spiritually. I'm, I'm asking, like, when you say. No, it's just overall, can you take care of a woman? Because I believe that if a man can take care of himself and he want to pursue a woman, you can take care of that woman. That's if you guys are equally yoked. So you should have to label a list of things when that can be pretty much um, can be taken care of if you and her can be equally yoked, be a perfect match. No, that's not going to be everything so perfect, but it has to be a balance where if one of you guys fall, you're able to pick each other up. So you're saying financially? It don't have to technically be financially. It could be everything overall. The support in her own vision, her brand, her support putting in on it adding value to that adding value to um becoming a mom you know maybe you guys get married have kids can you take care of the family uh take care of the household she gets sick she lose a job can you take care of her well vice versa well i well i personally i personally think that i could take care of anybody personally you know Mm mm-hmm on all the aspects. Mm-hmm. Those are the basic accessories of life. If you can take care of yourself, you can take care of somebody else. If you can't take care of yourself at a particular moment, you shouldn't be a burden onto someone else. Like, I got a daughter. Like, she's a she's a hustler. She's a go-getter. Okay. You know? I don't think she's really looking to be taken care of. She's a woman. A young woman. Becoming a woman. And she's going to need that value intact. The the type of person that I feel she is, she's she's a go getter, mm-hmm. you know, so she she's not really looking for the financial part. This person I think is looking for the love part, the spirituality part, because at the end of the day, she got her own, you know, and she wouldn't want a guy like she wouldn't even keep communicating with a guy that can't take care of her. So you know what I mean by financially part? Do you know what I mean by that? Because it, it could go many different cases. Like you said, if, if she lost her job, would you still be able to, right. to take care of her? Right, or if we out somewhere, um, why would a relationship be serious? We both go Dutch. We got each other. Um, I shouldn't have to worry about anything. Who's swiping the car? When? Why? How? It, it, it should be no problem. Mm-hmm. Like, I just want to be financially comfortable. Maybe I should put it in those type of words versus trying to put everything financially just on the man's perspective, you know, because a woman should have, like you said, for your daughter, should hold some type of security, but she don't want for nothing from a man. Right. Right. So it has to come to a balance where I don't want to worry about anything financially. And that's anybody in life. Right. We definitely don't want the pink slip at the door. We definitely don't want the letters. We definitely don't want things taken away from us because we all experience that or we've seen someone experience those things. 
we as women, especially this generation, this day and age of what's going on now, it seemed to want to expose and scream, hey, this guy got this lavishing car, got this jewelry, got this fancy career, and all naturality, naturality, come on, use your words, <laughs> he's not happy, or he's lonely, or he's really uh, leasing it, because I didn't know you could lease jewelry. <laughs> That's weird. It, it's very weird. <laughs> That's definitely I mean, weird. you could lease a car, but I didn't know that you could lease jewelry, so... People get it misconceptive and misconstrued of the financial part because they use it very in a harsh content and a very abrupt argument saying, oh, can you take care of me financially? Oh, can you take care of me? I mean, just listing stuff because it's well, such a popular thing to say, but not knowing, digging deep how me you talking right now. I don't mean to cut you off, but again, real super juicy for me. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> but uh, it's like elaborate a little bit more on the financial part letting that person know like hey can you take care of yourself first that's that's in my book can you take care of yourself first before you can exclusively take care of someone else now from from um from her situation right she has a she got a man like i said they they getting over they they rocky they getting over their thing or whatever the case her ex could pay for anything, you know, could do anything financially. If you got the bills, that's cool. You know, you got the car, that's cool. You know, you can, we can go out and we don't have to go Dutch. That's how, that's how her, her ex guy was, you know, anything. But at the end of the day, she still was lacking the emotional part, the physical part, you know, even the spiritual part, all that was lacking. So, in her in her situation, the financial part was cool, you know, that's cool. It's but it, it goes beyond that. You know, it's it's a lot more to this woman that finances can't satisfy. And what you gonna do different? What am I gonna do different? Mm-hmm. Since you want her so bad. Well I'm gonna be myself. You know, I'm gonna be myself. But and she's already been set up to know that financial part was no variation. Right. Like I say, she'll go get it. He was a go get it. Uh-huh. You know, I'm a go get it. So it don't even make a difference. You know, we all go get we all go get us in this situation. We from Charlotte. Dang, you make it seem like she got to pick and choose. We from Charlotte. Let's go. You know, oh God. We 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 the home of the go getter. Don't ever make her feel like she need to pick and choose. What you mean? No, I don't want to put myself as an option in her situation to make her right. situation more complicated. I'm just saying from from my thoughts, you know, and not my actions. I'm just going off my thoughts right now mm-hmm. about this person. Well, that was deep. Wow, Karen, talk about your ex fully. <laughs> 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 well. I guess that would be it. I ain't going to talk to you guys too much longer. Aaron definitely said so much stuff about his ex. I believe that he's in love. You guys let me know what you think Aaron should do. Should he give his ex another chance? Or should he chase after his ex? Or he should just leave her ass alone? You guys let me know what you think that what he should do. Give him give, give her brother some advice. Yeah, give her brother some advice. I don't, <laughs> I don't know what to do in this situation, man. I really love this girl, but I really don't know what to do in this situation. So, like she said, should I even pursue my ex still? 
Or should I just go find something new? Let me know. <laughs> you are so serious. <laughs> Bye. Feel valued, make him feel like a king. Like, so I feel like a lot of women are really princesses, not queens. But they all want a king. Should be killing me. Be like, y'all talk so fucking bad about what a nigga gotta be. I want a king, a king, a king, a king, a king with this 15 to 20 bullet point list of what the nigga gotta be, gotta have, gotta do. So when you finally get that nigga in front of you, like, what are you? What do you do? What, like, what do you bring to the table? Like, what value do you have to match with a nigga like that? Every woman wants fucking Obama, right? Some, somebody's like good looking, smart, accomplished, driven, everything, got credentials. But if you really got an Obama-like nigga, are you a Michelle? Are you really a Michelle? Are you, like, are you really? I'm not talking about you, but like, cause I feel like I see your quality. That's why I fuck with you. Cause I feel like on a quality level, we, we really, we coincide. But most of these females, fat, short, ugly, dirty, nasty, uneducated, unmotivated, no, no fucking, no, no clout, no drive, no, no credentials. You are D minus ass bitch. And you know, you talking about you want an A plus nigga. You, you don't bring enough to the table for that nigga. But you still feel like niggas ain't shit because that guy won't give you the time of day. So do you think it's because they don't know how to communicate uh, what they want? Because I know men say, I'm a man, I can't read your mind. <clears throat> I'm a man, I can't read your mind. That's not the point. It is in a sense. No, I'm a person. I can't read your mind. Nobody can read. Like, they can't read True. our minds either. True. So that's why, remember in the beginning, I was like, you know what? It's good to say things in the beginning. Mm-hmm. It's, it's okay to say things in the beginning, what you need, what you want, to see if it's going to match. Instead of waiting three, four, five months down the line, because in the beginning, you was pretending to be somebody that you're not. Mm-hmm. What well, I'm going to give you to you raw and real now. Mm. It's either take or leave it. Give it to me how? <laughs> I'm going to give it to you real. <laughs> Baby, I need you to pay attention, okay? So, uh, that's what I learned. I can't pretend. And what I mean by pretending in the beginning, because we as women do so much to uh, impress you guys. Dressing up, makeup, lipstick, how we talk, our whole laugh changes a little bit. Kiki, kaka, you know, like, it just changes just a little bit. Yeah, damn representative. And yeah, and we, we suck in our stomach. Can't wait till we just loosen it off, you know. <laughs> Hopefully, you accept all the curves and the flap and the funk, you know what I'm saying? Like, because when we met you, it was all dressed up and nice and sweet. Mm-hmm. We scared to let our hair down to what it really is that is messed up and is unraveling. That under that wig is that is all the natural beauty that we need to show you in the beginning, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and it's like. That's what y'all grope onto is the the magazine pictures and the Instagram pictures. Like, damn, she fine as hell. Not knowing when she put her phone down, her ass is not real. Her makeup, she got to wash off. And she got to lay down. And she look at you, you be like, yo, after that girl, uh, what's up, ma? You know? Like, <laughs> There's this comedian named uh, TK Kirkland. He talks about that. That shit was funny as hell. He's like, went to, he's like, you know, I went to the bathroom. She took a weave off. I came back. <laughs> I put my gun out. Like, bitch, who is you? <laughs> so I'm just saying, like, like, stop playing, TK. Nah, bitch, you stop. <laughs> so I'm just saying, the fact that you see me all natural, like there was no makeup on my face, there is no hair. I'm just, I'm just now adding me. Yeah. And you looking like I, I know what you look like. So you really don't got to do it, but if you want to, you know. I mean. I always say, 
depending on the type of nigga you dealing with. True. I got a different vision than most niggas. They don't. They don't. They don't. They don't. They don't perceive shit like I do. Elaborate. What's your vision? Like I can see quality when you're not dressed up. I can see the the nuances, the details, the idiosyncrasies mm-hmm. that make you sexy, attractive, like full figured, everything like that, and appreciate that. You ain't gotta have like a tight ass sundress. Like even if you mm-hmm. dress down like that, I, I see. So you notice that women put on a tight dress. Women put on anything. Women, they're the master of keeping appearances. They got to. They, they're all about like controlling the appeal up front. Mm-hmm. So then, when they finally get you ensnared, where you like you you got feelings, you got feelings, and they, like you said, they can like kind of like they can tone it down and like and show you what's real. But they can't get you if they start off in their like basic form, regular form. Their hair not done, nails not done, makeup not done, all that kind of stuff. Like then they're not their most presentable self. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, men do it too, but women definitely do that to a higher priority. Well, men, like, they try to flaunt like they got money mm-hmm. or they can fuck or, like, they exactly. they got a plan, all that kind of stuff. And then when they get in, it's like, damn, Come like, on, he ain't got no car. Right. He ain't got no real... He living with his, his baby mother, his, his mom, his mm-hmm. sister. He he doesn't have a plan. Like, he's on unemployment. And, like, but he won't let you see that until after you realize you like him or not yet. Right. You don't keep putting up this appearance. So, like... I always chose not to do it. I told you, like, because a lot of people aren't, ha- they're not, con- they're not secure with being single. They're just not. Right. I say nine out of ten people are probably aren't secure with being single. Are you secure being single? Yeah. That's the, that's the thing about it. I'm very secure without having a boo. Right. I can even have, like, one temporarily. She get mad, whatever, go. I go, like. You good. So because of that, that's why I, can, I have a much clearer vision mm-hmm. for dating, for women for romance, for like, for like, um, like, um, courtship, because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at somebody who's like centered, grounded, like secure. Mm-hmm. I don't need that woman. I love women. I'm a bachelor. I spent most of my life single chasing skirts. Mm-hmm. I only really did the whole serious commitment thing with the last one. Mm-hmm. And I'm considering it here because I really, I see value here. So as a bachelor, what was like your motive I think it was just to, just to say I did it, just to prove to myself, like, because I, I went for I went twenty four years without really chasing skirts like that. Mm-hmm. Right, now, I wouldn't say twenty four was even before I started sort of started like flirting, dating, like I, I didn't explore what I liked about women and what women could do for me that I would be st- stimulated by mm-hmm. until my twenties. So first twenty years, I wasn't really worried about it, and then. Mm-hmm. 20 through 30 is when I got really ch- challenged myself to kind of like explore that aspect of who I am. Mm-hmm. So a lot of it was more, hey, is this going to sound extremely fucked up? Well, no, I won't say extremely, but from a woman to a man, I think a woman hearing this from, from a man is going gonna, is gonna to make this sound kind of messed up. But I looked at women as like indulgence, entertainment, and conquest. I wasn't necessarily looking for one to be with. Right. But I wasn't, looking, I wasn't trying to dog them out either. I just liked the experience of it all. I wanted, like, I'm more, I treated dating like I was exploring, not trying to find a mate. That's what it is, though. No, I'm saying, but a lot of people look at, like, you're supposed to, like, date with the purpose. I didn't have that purpose. I just wanted to explore what, what, what women were like. Did you like it? Yeah, I loved it. I never, I was never unhappy as, uh, as, as single. Okay. So, and the only time I would make an exception from being single, from that exploration, from learning about women through dating them, mm-hmm. is if somebody felt so worth it, that would entertain a different level of dating, which I'm, I'm actually liking. Okay, cancel all the other women that I'm used to. Mm-hmm. Have one. 
and really explore just this one because she actually shows me potential that a commitment is a better choice, a better lifestyle than the one that I'm accustomed to. How you know that? Hmm? How you know that? I know what? That she's like custom for you, the one for you. I mean, it's just based on development. Like mm -hmm. me, knowing me and seeing her based on what she showed me. Like you said, not everybody phone. It takes a while for people to really show you them, though. Mm -hmm. So, like, you know, first few months, you might still be getting that representative. Mm -hmm. And then y'all go, y'all hit, like, I hit, like, um, moments of adversity, mm -hmm. and you really see them. And you see, like, okay, she a gold digger. Like, this whole time, she was really understanding about money, but now, now she gotta, like, right. always tap a nigga pocket. Okay, right. she can't fuck with her. Or, like, she talked all big and bad, we start fucking, maybe we take one, two, three months, Damn, she trashed in the bedroom. I don't, I don't even really know want to fuck with her. She don't know what she's doing. I'd have to educate her for a while for her to figure out how to, how to get me right. Mm -hmm. Can't fuck with her. That's too, that's too much work. And then, or it's like where, like, something like, okay, she cool as fuck, but I finally met her family. And her family, like, disrespects me. Don't, like, mm. give, like they, they, they spoil her. They, they, she, won't, she won't grow up. She can't mature because her family enables her. They don't, they don't know how to, like, they're in the way. Mm -hmm. And they won't respect me, and they're, they're going to have to be, like, they're going to interfere too much with what we got going on. Mm -hmm. Can't fuck with it. And, then, and, like, you don't see shit like that. Those are the nuances I talk about. You don't see that shit until you really fucking dig in a motherfucker. Both mm -hmm. ways. And then you're like, damn, can I live like that for the rest of my life? Because right. after months, you start thinking, okay, I have, I've only been, I've been fucking with just her and nobody else. And really investing. Treating it almost like, it's like a stock. Investing. Mm -hmm. And seeing what this stock's going to amount to. It's like, damn, I'm going to have to pull this stock out. Because I don't know if I really want to find a way to adapt, correct, fix. What up, my LT listener? This is your girl, Tia Lachez, with another Let's Talk. I am sad and I'm happy at the same time. I know it's kind of like a bipolar type of emotion. But nevertheless, I am here with my boo, the one that I have adored for the past two weeks. And we wanted to do a podcast here at the McCullough um, Plantation uh, here. And it's so sad here. You can really feel the warmness. It's beautiful. But only if you knew the history behind it and what we had to go through as, as black people. I finally get to say that comfortably because at first I wasn't comfortable saying black people, white people because it, I was so afraid to express my thoughts like that. So me and Pat, yes, that's his name, we want to talk about um, basically how we feel and share with you guys and, you know, encourage you to come learn more about your history. Here is Pat. <clears throat> what's good? What's good? How's, how's everybody doing? Uh, yeah, we just took a, uh, the tour at um, the McLeod Historical Plantation. Ooh, correction. Can somebody try to say the what? They didn't know how to pronounce it. Try to, say the, try to take credit and stuff. <laughs> Not just joking, but... um. It's been a very eye-opening experience because it just provides so much perspective on how this country has evolved from a race perspective, um, decade after decade, generation after generation, where certain white families in the South, so we're here in Charleston, South Carolina, like it was, it became their um, their family's lifeblood to cultivate slave labor and cultivate goods from it and trade and trade that trade slave slave labor. And like the Civil War and things affected um, the flow of things, but still, is the fact that on the backs of disenfranchised blacks, the fact that these uh, 
beautiful plantations were were built up. The buildings are they look lovely, but then you think about the story behind how they got here is tragic. Um, mm-hmm. So we kind of walked it. We saw different like the little worship house and the tenant home, and the front and back porch of the the big house, like you know, like in Django, like the big house. But um, right. it's it's so privileged. Yeah, it's it's crazy because I have the unique perspective of being raised by two parents that grew up in Cameroon in Africa and then growing up in the United States in Charlotte myself having two perspectives like kind of like vicariously thinking as as an African from the from growing up from my parents mm-hmm. and then thinking of my own personal experience as a, as a black man growing up in the in, you know in the American South and it's crazy because it's wild how my family not having that history of the slavery because they weren't they weren't, um, it wasn't generations like cultivated here and having to re- like relate to people that have my same skin tone, but whose family generationally was oppressed and have histories of indentured servitude and slavery in their family's past and how it affects the way you look at other races, especially white people. Um, and like, we're like, during the tour, Latia talked about how like, you know, for a time in her life, she was scared of white people. Mm. You grew up being uncomfortable, being uneasy about them. And for me, it was the opposite. I wasn't scared of them, but they made me angry for no reason. Mm-hmm. And my family's uh, lineage isn't even here. But starting off here and seeing how different it is versus the stories my parents told me about. Like, my dad was actually, he's light-skinned. He got, he got bullied for being too light in Africa. And in here, you get oppressed because you're too dark. Mm-hmm. It's crazy, like, the, the, um, the paradox of that. So um, as far as my first intro to when I, you know or second time on her podcast, just talking about, you know, we're just kind of going back and forth, talking about the impact of being black in America versus adapting to white culture, right? And then the fact of like how things feel now being black in America versus what this plantation site shows us what being black was back then. And just the different adversities we have now versus then. There was no protest for slaves. It was Mm -hmm. death. Any rebellion meant you were you were you were punished, you were killed. Now we can protest where they couldn't. So, yeah, just this is a powerful, powerful moment. I feel like anybody that wants to come to the McLeod Historical Plantation site, you should. If you come to Charleston, definitely do it. It was very eye-opening. We had a really dope uh, tour, tour guide, and it was Paul. You should request him personally. He's hilarious. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and he actually teach you some stuff. Yeah. You know, and he keep it real, one hundred percent real. Very raw, and he take your feelings to consideration, maybe. <laughs> and um, you will learn a lot. It's so much further than the history books that we're so used to. You have to extend your history, because if not, you're always going to be lost. You're always going to be angry inside. You wouldn't have somewhat of an insight of your history, of your inheritance. Mm-hmm. You have to learn more so that you could teach your kids, your generation, to keep our history alive. Because if not, it's going to die. It's going to be just a show and tell, and they're going to make up the stories. And that's not fair. That's, that's, we already live not fair. We don't need to continue to live unfair forever. It's, um, the thing that keeps bothering me about being here is the thing about how the term freedman, mm-hmm. that being free was a gift for a black person back in the day. Because you immediately grew up and entered this country as property, as human livestock. So a freedman was a political status in this country from finally not being a slave. How can freedom be a gift somebody gives you when 
when the God I believe in and I serve gave us freedom with our very first breath. Right. Like the fact that you have to return to freedom as a human being is insane to me. So that's why being here blows my mind. And I remember, I remember what you said. At the end of the day, we are human. Mm-hmm. We literally are human. And they fighting over grass. Mm-hmm. And ownership. Mm-hmm. Over territory. And leadership. And status. Mm-hmm. It, it, that really, like... <laughs> it still go on till this day. Mm-hmm. People's fighting for status. Mm-hmm. Territory and resources govern the whole world. True. Between things like oil and food, crops, they govern everything. So, I mean, it's crazy the lengths a human being will go against another human being mm-hmm. for their own agenda. Mm-hmm. In this case, it was resources and wealth and assets. White people dominated this country, and they did it on the backs of black people. And because of that, now, demographically, everyone that's not white has to play catch-up in this country. Right. But it's insane because how can you make yourself become so comfortable with abusing an an entirely different um, demographic, even though you're the same species? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. How can one demographic forget that that who they talk to that's not them is also human? I don't care if I'm darker. I'm still human. How do you how do you turn that off in your brain and look at me as not human? How does that happen? And it has happened for decade after decade after decade after decade, century after century. Did anybody point out for you the cemetery? No. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I thought I'd mention it. I know you've been exploring everywhere. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. There is a cemetery on site because part of the plantation and mm-hmm. part of the county park property is just on the other side of the road. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're welcome to walk down there. You'll just, you know, either side of the gate, cross the road. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you'll be walking toward Wafu Creek. Mm-hmm. Indian name. I can't remember what it means. Mm-hmm. But there's a sign explaining the, the creek a bit. But on your way, number 11 is just off to the left. That's the mm-hmm. sign. Mm-hmm. Okay. The cemetery. Okay. The cemetery is... It's pretty much the woods, mm-hmm. especially as you get closer to the water. Mm-hmm. The sign is actually a little bit before the cemetery. Is it a church over there? There isn't. No? But okay. it is a Gullah cemetery, African-American graves. Mm. And it was in use from the mid-1700s to about 1960. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so some people who had been enslaved here were nearby. Mm-hmm. Uh, people descended yeah. from this. I mean, we're still we're doing a lot of research. We're working with the Gullah Society in mm-hmm. terms of... Uh, deciding how to manage it carefully. Right, yeah. So right now it's just the woods protects it. Mm -hmm. Um, There's no sign that says you can't go in there. You can if you want. Right. Um, There are several tombstones, more more recent, you know, 1940s Mm -hmm. and whatnot. But it's it's an important spot. The sign will explain more of the cemetery in terms of the color cultural Okay. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank right you. you. I'm glad you've been here a long time. So you yeah, it. we soaking <laughs> it up. We decided to do a podcast. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. No, they listen to you. And then there was Paul. <laughs> Paul, yeah. Mm-hmm. Tell yeah. people to come see Paul. And what's your name? Going. I'm Jeff. Jeff, definitely come see Jeff um, here. So, yeah, we're doing a podcast. You live right now. Yeah. <laughs> but the open until four. Stay as long as you want. Okay. The Welcome Center will close by four in terms of books and things. Right, right, right. You want to buy the souvenirs and stuff. Ladies will close that down. But I won't, we won't lock you in the parking lot or anything. Aww. <laughs>
was going to set up a tent that I need to dry out because it was raining earlier. Right, and, right. And, but now it's raining again. I can't move <laughs> that tent. Right? So I'm sort of stretching things out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I appreciate you so Glad much. You guys are here. Oh, thank, thank you. you. <laughs> that was nice. Well, um, Patrick, is there anything else you want to say? Is it still going? Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, I guess like as far as this this whole experience, it's crazy because we almost didn't come. So I'm glad we came. Mm -hmm. um, and we're gonna go to the beach. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it was raining and stuff. I love history. The thing is, like, but this is a very close to the chest kind of history mm -hmm. because people that look just like us endured such different lives because they because of how they looked. Like it's baffling to me that being a certain skin color came with so many, so much oppression and so many different rules. But that, that, that's what I want to leave the audience with: is don't ever forget that the other person you're talking to is human. Then they're they're never not human. Don't lose that. I thank you. You're welcome. I appreciate you. Every day. That's so much fun. Sure. You are a joy. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait till they see more of us. Oh, let's do it. All right, that's enough now. <laughs> Stay tuned for the next episode for I Am Your Girl Tila Chest. Always take a listen. Um, we definitely gonna encourage Pat to give his uh his his um oh god words. His podcast is coming out very soon. We are encouraging him to continue to talk because he be dropping some gems. He be <laughs> definitely like. I said, I got to write that down. Hold on and take my notes out because he's good. <laughs> so I'm excited to share Pat's gift. So natural, so authentic. And I'm praying that he um, has an amazing platform. As long as he with me, he's going to be good. But nevertheless, we want to encourage him. If you guys want to listen to more of me, definitely hit me up on here, on all platforms, Spotify, um, Apple, Anchor. Share. Share my shit. Like, Tell somebody about me. This, this sure is what that we do. shit, yo. <laughs> this is what we do. So, for another episode coming soon, and more baseball tea, so you order one, please. Ask me how you go order one. And, yeah, I'll see you guys soon. Peace.